I've got a friend who started a brand new rock group based on four men who don't sing. They're calling themselves Mount Rushmore. Oh! Welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are rising from recession. And our guest this week is playing the classic and classic automotive. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. Welcome to Small Business Celebration, and our guest this week is Whitney Earls, the owner of Whitney's Classic Automotive. Welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thanks for having me. For visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you, and what is it that you do? My name is Whitney Earls, and I, for 23 years I owned Fruitvale Automotive. Um, four years ago, I segued into restorations and repairs on cars, hopefully 1980 and older, that's what I try to do. And now I own Whitney's Classic Automotive where I have the pleasure of enjoying these older cars. You have taken the, the process of owning a successful automotive shop with employees and having what a lot of people viewed as the virtue of success in automotive repair. Why did you choose to walk away or sell that business and transition into the one that you have now? Personal life changes, uh, divorce after 27 and a half years, mm. made me kind of regroup and look at everything. Right. I loved what I did, but I didn't, I didn't enjoy it every day. Uh. Yeah, but I enjoy this. This is a very special field, and this is, I don't, I don't go to work every day. I get to go play with cars every day, and, right. and that's very enjoyable. Part of that process is you, you work on a, a whole variety of different kinds of cars. The, the reason we're here is because of previous guest, Steve Kiki, and who owns some classic uh, English sports cars. And yet in the background, you'll notice we've got a Jeep that you're working on, or a Bronco it looks like. You've also got a Porsche way in the back. And that's, that's a whole variety of different kinds of cars. Why do you choose to go with all those different types of, of vehicles? Not many shops are working on the older cars anymore. Mm. And to me, cars are just puzzles. That's all they are. They're hundreds or millions of pieces, however you want to look at it. Right. They can be taken apart, and the pieces can be cleaned up, painted, refurbished, replaced, and put back together. Right. So it's building a puzzle. That's what I did as a kid. I go to my dad's house every Friday. He's 83. We build puzzles together. Sure. So it's just an enjoyable time of building puzzles and, and pleasing the customer, making, uh, making something new again, what they had. Um, I have a car outside that gentleman's 102. He wow. bought it new. Wow. The fourth generation, so his great grandkids are using it in their wedding. So they brought it to me to get it running. I'm actually after this, I'm taking it over to have a new top put on. They're going to pick it up, and it's going to be used for a wedding this year. Wow! All the kids, all the grandkids, now the great grandkids have used it in their wedding. These cars have stories. Right. These cars have sentimental value, and right. if I can help keep them on the road, make them better, that's my goal. What you're building are memories. Yes. Now, when we look at this in the big picture. This is what you just described as something that almost all business owners strive to do. But when the economy goes south, like we're in right now, 
people tend to hold on to their existing cars longer. They tend to buy used cars instead of new cars. And during the recession of 2008, when you owned Fruitvale, what did you learn from that recession that you're applying to this one? So I actually learned it in 2001. Oh, okay. So I was holding my six month old. My wife called me into the, into the living room and said, look what's happening on TV. And I saw the second plane hit the Twin Towers. Right. And I knew right then that my business was gonna be devastated. Mm. And what happened was the government said, hey, let's, let's work this out. So all new car dealerships dropped financing to 0%. Right. Customers went and bought new cars. When you own a new car, you don't come see me. Right. So actually that hurt my business. So I had to learn to adapt to that. And fortunately I had fleet accounts that mm. took up the cushion. So by 2008, we had enough fleet accounts that took up that cushion. Uh, now this business is different. Right. My customers, for lack of a better term, have very deep pockets. Mm. So I'm not affected by the recession because this is a specialty field. Ah, that's the key right there. Yes. How are you taking that specialty field? And we'll go into more detail in the next segment on his marketing practices because the, they are quintessential classic and yet he's actually done them to great success. But when you've got a customer, when you've intentionally gone after a specific demographic for specialty vehicles on specialty projects, how has that helped you weather this current recession? Word of mouth is the only way that I do business. I, I don't go looking for advertising. I don't try to. Um, but because, I've, because of my quality work, and it's a gift from God, it just is. Right. And I know that. Sure. Um, that's, what's, that's what my advertising is. And so honestly, I have three years worth of work. And I have people coming in almost weekly, getting on a list, and waiting to have their car worked on by me. If visioneers want to get on that three-year waiting list, how do they do that? Well, you contact me at, um, I don't call myself much, so I apologize for that. <laughs> it's okay. So 661-695-8580 uh -huh. or WhitneyEarls at iCloud.com. And where are we? We are actually right next to Fruitvale Automotive, which they're, they're located on the corner of Fruitvale Avenue and Meany, like uh -huh. M-E-A-N-Y, you big Meany, <laughs> across, from, across from Gas, War Gas. And what's the address here? Uh, this is 3731 Fruitvale Avenue. There's no, there's no advertising, there's no signs. I try and keep the door closed as much as I can because I've noticed that even on the nice days when I open the doors, I got customers just walking in, hey, can I talk to you about that Bronco? Hey, what's that Jeep? And it's hard to get work done. So a lot of times I'd look like I'm not here. Right. The back door's almost always unlocked. Right. And I answer the phone, I answer, I answer uh, messages. Um, I get back to everybody as soon as I can. And the secret is out. <laughs> <laughs> and if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, and notify and leave a comment. We love the comments that, that you visioneers leave for us. It's one of the reasons why we're here, in fact. And when we come back, we're going to talk in more detail about Earl's very, excuse me, Whitney's very successful marketing practice. A little side bit. I had a grandfather named Earl. That's why I'm getting all confused yes. on which name is which. I get it all the time. <laughs> and we'll be right back. My name is Josh D'Amigo, and I'm a Toastmaster from Ventura, California. 
Toastmasters has helped me build my career and relate to small business owners in a myriad of ways. Too many ways to list in 30 seconds. But the most impactful way that Toastmasters has helped me is to come up with believable answers to really bad questions on the fly. This is not just in my presentations at work, but it's also at city council meetings and at my local chamber. I invite you to join us at Toastmasters and I look forward to seeing you there. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button. That's Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button today. We're here with Whitney Earls, the owner of Whitney's Classic Automotive, and our visioner question comes from Deanna who asks, I've been in business for five years and had to release my employees due to lack of business during COVID. I felt bad for letting them go, but now that my business is starting to recover, I'm not sure I want to bring them back. Is it wrong for me to feel that I don't want them back and can run my business on my own? No, I don't feel bad. Okay. If you feel you can do it, then try it. Mm. See how well it works and then decide if you need your employees back. I don't have employees now. The real reason for that is I know what my customers want. Mm. I can fulfill what my customers want. Right. If I have somebody else do what my customers want and they don't do what the customer wants, I have to redo it right. as the owner. Right. So if you don't want to go through that, Try it first mm. and then decide if you need to bring in a specialist. If you need to bring in something that you can't handle, do it one at a time. This adding the specialist one at a time, was that something that worked for you when you owned Fruitvale Automotive? Did you, first of all, did you start off as a solopreneur there and then you added a specialist and a second and a third and created a small army or how did that work? My first business partner called me as a friend of mine and he said, hey, let's go to lunch. Mm. And so we met for lunch and I looked at him and I said, dude, I know you, I don't wanna sell Amway. <laughs> and he just laughed and he goes, I don't either. <laughs> so he was a small business lender for a national bank. Uh. And he said, Wit, I know you work on cars. He said, you work on my car. I had over a hundred clients before I even opened my doors. Right. Just friends and I work on their cars. He always wanted to own a business, but he didn't know what. Right. He'd go home every day, honey, I want to own this. I want to do this. I want to do that. And she, nope, 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 nope. Right. Went home one day and said, hey, how about if I open a shop with Whit Earls? And she goes, I'll back you 110% because we trust him. Nice. So that's how we started. Right. Within, uh, so I started off by myself. He came in within six months, quit his job at the bank mm. to be the service advisor. Nice. Within a month, we hired a friend of mine named Frank Hunsaker, and he was my boss out at a local farm. Right. And he taught me more than all ever know and we brought him on he was with us 22 years wow so from there we needed another person as we grew then we knew we needed more uh. at one time we had nine employees by the time i sold the business we had four mm -hmm. so it's just learning who can do what what you need them for and do you really want to spend that kind of money is it a waste of money or is it a good investment how did you determine as you grew that business when to bring on, uh, in past the initial three of you, when to bring on that extra mechanic or that extra specialist, and then know when you had gone just a little too far and you needed to contract the number of employees that you had? Well, we learned a couple of ways. So mm -hmm. we actually bought a tow truck mm -hmm. because, we, so my partner would look at the finances and go, okay, we've subcontracted this much this year 
for towing, mm. for exhaust, for mm -hmm. things we didn't do. Right. Let's buy a tow truck, we can keep it in-house, and then we make the money. Right. We had that all set up, and the person that was gonna take care of the tow truck for us backed out at the last minute. Mm. Then it became a headache. Mm. We realized, okay, not a good investment. We did the same thing with the service truck. If you don't have the right person in the service truck, you can't make money. We learned that with exhaust. It's, mm. Those are specialty fields. Right. If you can't, so as the owner, if I couldn't be involved in that every day, it lost money. Mm. Because your employee, they can be great people, but they don't look at the big picture of, right. I go home at five. I'm not worried about if that vehicle broke down down the street. I go home at five. Right. You go get it. <laughs> and as the owner, you, you do. You go get it. Exactly. <laughs> so we learned, what, we learned what we needed, who we needed. We even had people at a time when we had a big fleet we ran, we told them we'd do all pickup and delivery. Right. So we had every key to their 200 fleet vehicle and we would, we would uh, schedule one driver or two drivers, sometimes three. Okay, we need all those vehicles here. We need them back here. This work has to be done. They have to be back by five. So that way that fleet had their vehicles out of service for a day or two or whatever it took, right. but their downtime was less. So we had employees that just did, we called it pickup and delivery. Now, one of the things that I found or I found very fascinating is because this tickled the classic car nut in the back of my brain is in Whitney's lobby are some authentic, genuine Shelby Cobra parts. I had a customer come to me, now it's been about 10, 15 years ago when I still own Fruitvale, right. and said I have this 1966 Griffith. If you don't know what a Griffith is, that's okay. Most people don't. Right. So I looked it up. <laughs> right. Internet wasn't as good back then, but over time I was able to do research. So, so a, a gentleman in New York owned a car dealership. He wanted to compete with Shelby. So he went to a European car manufacturer and bought the bodies, which were fiberglass. He had frames handmade and he put the Shelby, the H, HP, high performance Shelby 289 with a four speed right. in these cars. Right. Well, they were supposed to be road racing cars. What they found out is they didn't handle that well, but they were so dang fast, they'd race them at the strip. <laughs> but the windows didn't roll down, the body was fiberglass, and as you sat in the tunnel, would push your feet over, so you drove crooked. <laughs> so clutch, brake, and gas were crooked. Just a waste, I'm sorry, but just a very interesting, weird car. So I did a full restoration on that. And during it, the customer goes, oh yeah, I had the engine rebuilt and I don't want these valve covers. I got new ones. And I go, great. What do you want to do with the old ones? Keep them. And the valve covers say Shelby on them. And they're original from 1966, which wow. is really cool because it's all period correct. And seatbelts too. Right, that say Cobra right on them. And they came out of the car. He goes, these are old and worn out. Why would I want these? And I'm like, hey, no problem. All of your experiences that you've had at Fruitvale have extended over to the business that you have now. And yes, you've consolidated. And yes, now you get to work on the cars that you want to work on Correct. and work with the, with the customers that you want to work with. But it wasn't always that way. And along the way, you discovered something about yourself and you discovered something about your habits that affect the way that you do things today with your business, what happened? I don't sleep a lot. Doesn't affect my health, it's just one of those things. From what I heard, President Trump slept four to five hours a day and nobody could keep up with him. Right. So my father's truck, years and years ago, my father's truck was in my shop, I couldn't sleep. I thought, you know what, it's two in the morning, I'm gonna go down and work on my dad's truck, get it done before the day starts. Right. So that became a habit. 
So I'd come in early, get my work done, go in early on the weekends. When my family woke up, I'd go home. I would come in and work at 2 o'clock till 6. I'd go home, get my daughters ready for school, drop them off at school, come back to work, work a regular day 8 to 5, go home. So work hard. That's what I learned. Work hard. If your business demands that you're there every day, be there. If you want to take a vacation, take a vacation. If you need to go to a doctor's appointment, go to a doctor's appointment. But when the, when the doors are open, be there because your customers want to see you. How did you learn this lesson the hard way? I, I'll be honest. I didn't learn it the hard way. Okay. Okay. I learned it because I'm a, like I said before, I'm a golden retriever. I'm a pleaser. <laughs> if I can get that car done for that customer and make right. them happy, it takes the pressure off me. Mm. And so I got that car done a day early. I give them a call. Hey, car's ready. What? Yeah, your car's ready. Well, that also allows me to go to the next vehicle or, or my text to go to the next vehicle. Right. So don't be workaholic. Look it up. And that's something that I'd like to explore because it sounds like you are. You spend your entire life here in the shop. You're always working. In fact, before we started recording, you were talking about how you had your daughter come in and do some paint detail underneath the vehicle because you were here. Why aren't you a workaholic? In my opinion, a workaholic is right. somebody who eats, sleeps, and lives their business. I don't eat, sleep, and live my business. Mm. But because I don't sleep, I can come down here and get work done. Right. And I did it there. I'm not robbing time from my family because they're asleep. Ah, uh, that's the key. Right. So that was the discussion I had with my daughter. One day, my daughter in her 20s, she goes, but dad, you're a workaholic. And I go, nope. And I almost got upset. And she even made that comment. She goes, dad, you were upset at me. And I go, sure. I go, because you're accusing me of something I'm not. I said, look it up. I said, I work hard. I said, but I never missed anything going on in your life, in our family's life. I didn't say, oh, I got to be at the shop. I got to be at the shop. Right. She came back the next day and she goes, dad, I looked it up and you were right. I go, right. I may work hours when you're sleeping. Right. I may, I may go in early on a Saturday, but as soon as you guys are up, I'm home. I don't miss out on things because I have to be here. And my customers know that. So work hard, but figure out that balance between being a workaholic and working hard. And if you can do that, my opinion is you'll be extremely successful. When we come back, we're going to delve into the finer aspects of California geology and the Sacramento Delta and talk about how that affects the price of water in the Central Valley. No, we're not. Oh, <laughs> or we can answer another visitor question when we come right back. The reason we're here at Whitney's Classic Automotive is because of a visioneer question that came a visioneer just like you who reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram and wanted to know because they were a solopreneur how they could run a successful business and grow it. And that's because they reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can too. So if you've got a question, you've got a thought, you've got something that you'd like to learn about here on Small Business Celebration, reach out to us on LinkedIn. Facebook, and Instagram today. We're here with Whitney Earls, the owner of Whitney's Classic Automotive, and our visionary question of the segment comes from John who asks, every time I turn around I hear social media this, social media that, advertise here, advertise there, advertise everywhere. I have a small shop with one employee. What do you do to get the word out about your business without spending a lot of money that keeps a steady line of customers coming into your business? 
I tried some advertising at Fruitvale Automotive. There were some Dodger segments where you could, you know, have your business there. And my daughter and I actually made a commercial. I think somewhere I still have the CD. Um, and then we also did uh, an auto care thing with a local um, parts company right. and advertised to them. But honestly, it made no difference. I maybe had five people go, oh, I saw the commercial. Oh, I heard the commercial. Uh, right, right, right. So our big thing was in the original, and, and I, I think they still have the quote, but our original catchphrase was specializing in service. So we would take the customer home. We would pick the customer up, um, wash a car. I, I remember when I first started out, my buddy is a surgeon. And he came by to visit, lived out of town. And he came around the corner to the shop and he saw me out washing a car and he goes, why are you washing that car? And I go, because I want it clean for the customer. Right. And that's, that's what it takes, go right. above and beyond. So we go above and beyond, I go above and beyond, and it creates word of mouth. And so customer may pick up the car and go pick up their buddy or their wife go to dinner and go, you washed the car. You haven't washed this car in six months. <laughs> well, Whitney of Fruitvale Automotive washed the car. <laughs> what? <laughs> you know, stuff like that. Or right. I need a ride. I'll give you a ride home, but I, I live way on the other side of town. We'll go ahead and give you a ride home. Sure. Okay, we may not be able to do it every time. We'll work it out. Right. So they don't have to call a friend. They don't have to have their wife come. I got to load the kids. Right. I got to go over here and saw the snotty nose. And all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, honey. All right, they'll give me a ride. Right. You know, so stuff like that just little things one of the other things that you do especially with your current business is you engage your customers in the process of the repair and restorations of their vehicles first of all what what do you do and second of all why do you do it every car has a story mm. and that's what's really cool and it has most cars some people buy them and they bring them here and we're going to fix them and they just got them. Right. A lot of cars have a lot of history. I have a car outside. It's a 59 Thunderbird. The gentleman that owns it bought it new and he's 102. Wow. His 80-something-year-old son-in-law came in and asked me to get it running because the fourth generation, and I think we talked about this in the last segment. Right. The fourth generation is going to use it for a wedding. Right. Okay. That car has history. That car has all these memories. That car came out of a barn in Delano after 20 years. Right. So when the son-in-law came back, he's checking on the car. I'll tell him, yeah, I got it running. While I got it running, I also found A, B, C, D, and E. And I took care of them. What, you took care of that stuff? Yeah, sometimes there's a charge, sometimes there's not. If, it is, if it's a big thing, I'll call them. If it's right. a small thing, it's minuscule. On a restoration, I'll bring the customer in and say, yeah, you asked for all these things to be done. Just so you know, while I had the steering column out, and while I was remounting the engine with the upgraded parts that you brought me or you asked for, right. I did these certain things to make it better or equal to what it was when it was new. Right. And I, I cleaned it and I painted it. It sealed it. It made it to where in 10 years when you still own it, we're not having to take it back apart because there's rust. Right. So, so these components, how do I say it? These things were made better. They're upgrades or they're maintenance items that I took care of because if I owned it, this is my philosophy. Right. Am I happy with what I did for me? Right. Did I do a good enough job where I get in the car and I go, I'll accept that? Or did I halfway it and I want my customer to have it halfway? That's the key right there, is because we hear take care of the customer and word of mouth advertising is king. But what gets often lost is 
how you do that. And that's the thing that you were just talking about that's crucial in all of this. You not only took care of the customer on their basic needs, you got their oil changed, you got their carburetor rebuilt, what have you, but you also not only picked them up and took them home, but in the process, you engaged your customer in the process of what you were doing and showed them how you were improving their vehicle. And as a result, you have raving fans. I agree. And so all, I used to get into cars, just the regular everyday cars for customers. Right. Okay? My guys, I'd bust their chops. If they got a footprint or a handprint, I'd go back and wipe it down. But I may go in there and I may look and go, okay, that door handle's loose. That's annoying. I'm just going to fix it. I right. don't care if it takes me an hour. I'm just going to fix it because right. my customer's not going to get upset at me right. that I fix something that's been broken for one day or six years. Right. So I may not even see that customer. Customer comes in, service advisor talks to him. Hey, you're all done then. Hey, by the way, Whitney is the type of guy that just hates when he gets into a car and he sees something minor that's broken. So he fixed that. What? That's been broken for five years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just, it drives him crazy. Right. It didn't take him that long. There's no charge. Right. There's no charge. Right. But he reattached the sun visor. He tightened the rear view mirror. Right. He noticed that the handle on the ashtray was loose, so he put a new screw in it. Right. He noticed that the door panel was falling off, so he reattached it. He noticed that, you know, that seat was misaligned, so he realigned it. Because... He'd want that if it was his car. He right. doesn't want his wife to get in there and go, uh. <laughs> So that's, because that stuff drives me crazy. So sure. I thought, well, if it's driving me crazy, it's driving them crazy, so why not fix it? You mentioned that you spend a lot of time here and get up at one o'clock in the morning because you can't sleep and come down and work on a vehicle. What do you do when you're not here? I don't know if you ever saw the movie Parent Trap, the remake with Dennis Quaid, uh -huh. but he owned a vineyard mm -hmm. and he collected wine. So when he was talking to his ex-wife, they were falling back in love. He looked at her and he goes, I'm a man of little interest. <laughs> so I'm a man of little, of little interest. I uh -huh. don't read. I don't watch a lot of TV. Right. I love cars. I also love working in the children's ministry at my church. Right. Well, COVID's hurt that a lot. Right. It's coming back around. I'm real excited to go back and really be with these kids because I was married for 27 and a half years. Mm. And sadly, my wife didn't support my business. Things happened. Terrible, terrible stuff happened. Got divorced. I was letting the children's ministry know that I'm going through this and they go, do you want to step away? And I go, no, I want to love on these kids and I need these kids to love on me through mm. this time. So that is such an important part of my life and it's a calling from God for me to be there. And as long as he wants me there, that's where I'm going to be. Through that, I met this wonderful woman, and she had gone through this terrible divorce situation too. Right. But we got together. We had known each other. I had actually worked on her car, her kids' cars, and her mom's car. Uh-huh. Just the irony. She happened to come to the shop one day. I left a note in her car asking her out. We happened to go out and got married. <laughs> so she loves cars as much as I do. Mm. When she was 16, her parents are going through a divorce. She came home, and they go, hey, we sold your car. We sold your 69 Mustang Fastback. So the first thing I did after we got married is I found her a red and black 69 Mach 1 uh, Mustang, just four-speed car, factory air. It's gorgeous. It's her car. Right. That's her car. Right. But she and I just enjoy cars. We enjoy loving on each other. I'm home every night by 5.30, 6 o'clock. We do the old person thing where we watch Jeopardy and we watch Wheel of Fortune. And it's funny how much stuff I know on Jeopardy. Pretty darn cool. But you know what? That's, that's what we do. We have kids over for dinner. 
We see my dad every Friday, he's 83. We go to his house, take dinner, and we build puzzles with the grandkids. We build memories. You know, that's what we do. So that's my life now. I work hard. She comes down here and helps me. She actually helped me scrape all the undercoating off our 73 Volkswagen Westphalia. 72, doesn't matter. Right. Anyway, she was under that thing for two hours, scraping off, getting junk in her hair because she wants to go camping with me. We want to take that old beat up van camping. So here's the deal. I trust her more than I trust anybody. She's a blessing from God and she supports my business 110%. If you're going to own a business, you're going to work hard, please ask your family to support you. And if they truly do, that is such a blessing and that is such a uplifting thing and that will support you, especially through the hard times. Because it's going to suck. I guarantee you it's going to suck at times. You're not going to want to come down to work. You're not. But when your family's supporting you, it makes all the difference in the world. If visioners want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Area code 661-695-8580 or WhitneyEarls at iCloud.com. And what's your address? 3731 Fruitvale Avenue, right next to Fruitvale Automotive at 3757. Whitney, this has been a real treat. Thank you very much for being on Small Business Celebration. And I look forward to seeing you again soon. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I hope I answered your questions. Um, work hard. Don't be workaholic. Work hard. My name is Josh D'Amigo, and I'm a Toastmaster from Ventura, California. Toastmasters has helped me build my career and relate to small business owners in a myriad of ways. Too many ways to list in 30 seconds. But the most impactful way that Toastmasters has helped me is to come up with believable answers to really bad questions on the fly. This is not just in my presentations at work, but it's also at city council meetings and at my local chamber. I invite you to join us at Toastmasters and I look forward to seeing you there. Toastmasters, the fun and relaxed group of leaders who will help you get ahead. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button and set your business ahead of COVID and ahead of your competition. Go to Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button. That's Toastmasters.org and click on the Find a Club button today. Your business is just like a car. Your business has an engine, the heartbeat, the lifeblood, the thing that makes the whole car go zoom to where it needs to go. Your car also has a body, the place where your passengers, your customers, your clients go from point A to point B and with any luck make them look good in the process. Your car also has the trunk. Oh, we forget about the trunk of the car so often. But the trunk of the car is a place that's got often the spare tire, the jack, the, the flares, the other things that we need to help our car in case it ever gets stranded on the side of the road. But regrettably, the trunk of the car is also the place where we, we take that half-eaten bag of potato chips and we throw it aside. Or we're late for that meeting, so we take the half-eaten hamburger and fries and shove it in the bag and throw it in the trunk of the car. And then a month later, we can smell it. How is the trunk of the car like your business? Does your trunk have a spare tire? Does it have a jack? Does it have what it needs to protect itself if it ever gets stranded on the side of the road? Or is it filled with trash and garbage and neglect? 
ask yourself, ask your business, what's in the trunk of your car? I have this thing where we're watching TV and they'll go, yeah, and you can get this for only 1995, and I'll go, 1995? No way! <laughs> and, they, and my wife goes, you need to get that out on camera. And I go, nah, it's just what I do. So every once in a while, she'll be watching TV, I'll be in the other room, and she'll hear it in the background, no way! Because nobody can do it like that. You know, she tries. And if you order now, you get a set of Ginsu knives, absolutely yeah, free. Exactly. They slice exactly. the dice and make a thousand different pastries. But wait, there's, there's more. more. I always love them. Wait, hang on, here comes the butt wait. <laughs> yeah, I love that part. <laughs>